Dear Maisie, for the last two years, you have worked diligently to memorize the catechism and to understand the biblical teachings that it presents. And you've worked hard, and you've done very well. You've learned the Christian faith, and today you have confirmed your faith. That is, you have publicly confessed the Christian faith that you were baptized into and that you have been taught. And you have promised to remain faithful to this teaching and to be diligent in the use of the means of grace. That is, you have promised to continue listening to the preaching of God's word and receiving the sacrament that you are now admitted to. And we as a congregation, we rejoice in this. We are happy that you have confirmed your faith. So this is good. But where is Jesus in all this? Over the last two years, we have uh, tried to impress upon you that Jesus is at the center of the Christian faith and our life as Christians. So where is Jesus in your confirmation? Well, he is right where he is supposed to be. He has ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. From there, he intercedes for you. That is, he prays for you and advocates on your behalf. And from there, he rules with power and authority over all things. So as you have made this promise to hold fast to the Christian faith, Jesus is right now and forevermore holding fast to you. This is what Jesus is doing for you, Maisie. But of course, you are not the only person Jesus is doing this for. He is doing this for his entire church. So we'll let everyone else listen in as well. The sermon, for the, text, uh, the sermon text for the ascension of our Lord comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and it's on page 770 of the Pew Bible. And please stand as you are able for the scripture reading. From Acts 1, we begin reading at verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Father, these are your words. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. 
Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. So where is he then? We've spent the last several weeks now focusing on the truth of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. So where is he then? He didn't die again. His resurrected body is immortal. He can't die again. So where did he go? Why don't we see him walking around today? Why don't we see him on the news, raising people from the dead or thwarting terrorist plots? Why can't we get him for a a guest preacher by his DVDs? If Jesus is alive and we insist that he is, where is he? Okay, I hope this isn't actually stumping any of you. We just read twice about how Jesus was lifted up. And every single week, we confess the truth that Jesus ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That's where he is now. He is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. After his resurrection, he spent 40 days making physical appearances on earth. 40 days, lots of appearances. That should be more than enough time to prove his resurrection. And so he did. Then, after those 40 days, he ascended into heaven. And that's where he is now. Now, that might strike us as a little disappointing. I mean, for one thing, it just seems like it would be so much easier to believe if Jesus were right here. If, like Thomas and the others, we could reach out and touch him. He could answer all our questions and settle all our controversies. He could tell all the other churches that Lutheran doctrine is right because they won't believe me when I tell them. It just seems like Christianity would be so much easier if Jesus hadn't ascended into heaven. But I'm not so sure it would actually be easier. People would still find reasons to disbelieve. And I am quite confident Christians would still fight about who is the greatest. But I can't help but wonder what it would be like if Jesus had just stayed here. So in some ways, it, it kind of seems like bad news to us that Jesus ascended into heaven. But let's be clear about this. Jesus' ascension is not bad news at all. Jesus' ascension is good news. The disciples even rejoiced when it happened. The gospel reading said they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, maybe there was a little bit of sadness mixed in. It might be a long time before they see Jesus again. But they rejoiced because Jesus had taught them the benefits of his ascension. So I'd like to consider today three benefits of Jesus' ascension, as well as the responsibility that we have as Christians because of it. I'll start with the benefits. First, Jesus has opened heaven to mankind. Now, with his crucifixion, Jesus earned the forgiveness of sins for all mankind. And this forgiveness is given freely to all who believe in him. And then with his resurrection, Jesus demonstrated his victory and power over death. And he secured the resurrection from the dead for all mankind. So that all who believe in Jesus will experience the same bodily glorification that he did. And now, with his ascension into heaven, Jesus has opened heaven 
for all who believe in him. Think about this. A man now dwells in heaven in bodily form. Because of the crucifixion and the forgiveness that earned, we can conceive of believing souls dwelling in heaven, but now, specifically because of Jesus' resurrection and ascension, we have a complete man, both body and soul, living in heaven. Now, this is a big deal. It means that we will live in heaven as complete persons, not just as some disembodied souls. Body and soul will be reunited when Jesus comes to raise the dead. Both our bodies and our souls will then be perfected, and we will live this way in heaven forever. Jesus has opened heaven to mankind. That's the first benefit. Second, our Savior and King has all authority in heaven and on earth. That's what it means to be at God's right hand. It's not a statement about the location of Jesus. It's a statement about the authority of Jesus. We have a friend in high places. Now, suppose you have a problem that needs fixing, some injustice or difficulty that you just can't fix on your own, and you need someone higher up to fix it. And then suppose that your best friend is running for president. Uh, So do you want him to win or lose? Well, you want him to win. Sure, it means that if he moves to Washington, he won't be able to come over and watch the twins with you, but it means he can fix your problem and do all sorts of other good things. And then when the twins win the World Series and visit the White House, he can invite you to come too. It's nice to have a friend in high places. And we have a friend in a place much higher than the White House. There is no higher place than the Father's right hand. And this, uh, this, by the way, is why we value prayer so highly. Because Jesus has invited us to pray to the Father in his name, and Jesus is at the Father's right hand. So when we pray to the Father, that prayer goes through Jesus. It's not like the Father hears our prayers based on our good works. It's not even like he hears those prayers as if they were coming from a holy angel or one of the saints of old. The Father hears our prayers as coming from Jesus himself. So we should always pray with the boldest of confidence, knowing that God the Father hears us just as he hears his own Son at his right hand. And this is why we value prayer so highly. So the second benefit is simply that we have a friend in high places. Our Savior and King has authority over all things, and he uses it for our good. And then the third benefit is that he is with us always. This might sound a little bit backward. We tend to think that if Jesus is on earth, then he is near us, and if he is in heaven, then he is far from us. But the exact opposite is true. Since Jesus has ascended into heaven, he exercises his divine omnipresence. That means his ability to be everywhere at all times. There is nowhere you can go where Jesus is not with you. And for us today, he has promised to be uniquely present in the Lord's Supper, specifically for the forgiveness of sins. 
Now, we know that Jesus has the ability to be everywhere, but it's specifically his presence in the Lord's Supper where he has attached the promise of the forgiveness of sins. So is Jesus in the park if you go there on Sunday? Yes, but he hasn't promised to be there for your forgiveness, uh, simply to be there. But here in the sacrament, he promises to be present for the forgiveness of sins. And it is because of his presence in heaven that he is now exercising his divine omnipresence, and we expect him than to be here where he has promised to be. So we might long for his visible presence with us on earth. And this would be good, to have Jesus visibly present with us. I mean, I would love to sit down over there with you and listen to Jesus stand here and preach. That would be wonderful. But really, his ascension into heaven is better. Because now he is present with all Christians in all places and at all times. To stand and preach in one place or to sit and rule over one nation, that would be too little of a thing for our Savior King. When he took the form of a servant, he confined himself to one place, and that was right for a time. But now he has ascended to the highest place so that he might exercise dominion over everything in heaven and on earth. So now that Christ has ascended, every place where the gospel is preached in his name, it is truly Jesus Christ himself who preaches to us. Every time a person is baptized into Jesus Christ, it is truly Jesus Christ himself who does the baptizing. And instead of ruling over one small nation on earth, he rules over all creation. We may think that while he was on earth, he was near to us. And now that he has ascended, he is far from us. But in fact, the exact opposite is true. While he was on earth, he was far from us, for he confined himself to one location. But now that he has ascended into heaven, he is nearer to us than ever, because he has ascended to fill all things. For every baptized child of God, Christ is in us and we are in him. That means that he is here with us now. He never leaves or forsakes us. He is always with us, even to the end of the age. Now, this is a glorious and comforting truth. But you know, it doesn't stop there. Just as he is in us, we also are in him. That means that we are in heaven with him now. This, of course, is something we believe by faith because I, for one, have never experienced such a thing. But the scripture declares it to be true. As Paul says to the Ephesians, God raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now think about that and let this mystery fill your heart. Where Christ is now, seated at the right hand of the Father, you are there with him. For he is in you, and you are in him. Because Jesus has ascended, he is with us always, and we are with him. So those are the benefits of Jesus' ascension. And you might be able to think of even more. But we also need to mention the responsibility, or the commission, we could call it, that we have because of Jesus' ascension. He says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses 
in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The scriptures speak of us as ambassadors for Christ. Every disciple is involved in Christ's mission to preach the good news to the end of the earth. The good news of Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, ascended, and coming again. This is good news for you, but it's not just for you. This is good news for every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth. So Jesus has given this mission to his church on earth. Jesus is not present in visible form to preach the gospel. Instead, he has ascended into heaven so that he might be present with millions of Christians all over the world, proclaiming the good news of repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name. Now, this is the task of all Christians. This doesn't mean that you should all then become pastors or missionaries. That would be chaos. Perhaps some of you should, and that's worth considering. We desperately need more of both, just maybe not all of you. Because we don't just need people in churches proclaiming the gospel. We also need people in factories and schools and daycares and offices and farms and hospitals and neighborhoods and everywhere else you can imagine proclaiming Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for the forgiveness of sins. This is good news for the entire world, not just those who are already in the church. Now, I'm not saying that when you go to work this week, instead of making widgets or whatever, that you should stand up on the conveyor belt and preach a sermon. That would be a sin against your employer. But as you get to know people, the people around you, and as you seek to love and care for them, care for their spiritual needs as well. Learn everything that you can about Jesus and his great love for us so that when the opportunity arises, you will know what to say. And, you know, the easiest thing to do is simply invite people to church. And as you do this, remember this promise of Jesus, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus Christ Our crucified and risen Savior and King has ascended to the right hand of the Father. And this is good. He has opened heaven to us. He exercises authority over all things, and he is with us always. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.